From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, hell yes, Mr. Robert. Thank you very much. It's me, Mike. Mike Davidson lives. The name of the podcast is where uh, you and me, we hang out, talk for about half an hour. As I get to uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and all things in between. Glad you can join me. Uh, Pretty productive weekend here. In our household, um, and, and I don't say that often because you know you got three kids running around, getting into things, messing up things. It's kind of hard to be productive. It seems like uh, for every step you take forward in terms of uh, chores, tasks, and whatnot, you take three back because uh, kids are messy, especially when they're six, four, and two, respectively. Uh, but uh, my wife and I knocked out quite a few tasks, disassembled some old baby furniture. She actually has made it a task to um, get the entire interior of this house repainted uh, one wall at a time. And that is a very daunting task. She has gotten see the kitchen and uh, dining nook area. Uh, she's done uh, two walls in the living room. She, she did the second one this weekend. And basically that entails uh, taking down crap, spackling over things, sanding it down, painting it. She's doing that while I'm taking care of the disassembling the furniture, uh, lawn mowing, dishes, and uh, you know keeping the kids away. But she's she does a very good job of painting, and uh, she's she's talked to me about this that uh, if uh, she ever steps away from the uh, coffee counter, she might take it up as a as a job one day. But uh, I think she's pretty content what she's doing right now. And, but uh, I, I did uh, we did do a little research. Painters do make quite a bit of decent change all right speaking of change let's change new cars i've said this before i'll say it again i don't care if you live in the city i don't care if you live out in the country uh wherever you are lock up your cars at all freaking times and if you got a garage use it and i'll tell you why uh because uh this past wednesday coming to work um and have to wear alloy toed shoes on the floor because it's a uh, you know pretty dangerous work environment i mean it's not like hazardous but if something fell on my foot and crushed it well uh, it's it's a bad situation so you gotta wear the alloy alloy toed shoes is enough for me to say so i'm changing out of that sitting in the tailgate come into work we have a little pre-shift meeting and a couple guys are like hey uh did you uh you, you drive the terrain right i'm like yeah well, your, your tailgate's open. And what had happened was I was sitting in the back of the car, you know, put, changing shoes. I was leaving, and I pushed a little button to shut it, walk away, uh, slow motion, because I am going into work. Uh, and the tailgate did not shut all the way. So it was half open. Yeah, we'll go out there, and I check out the vehicle. Everything's okay. Uh, two days later, Friday morning, one of the higher-ups says, hey, uh, you guys lock your car doors, right? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Thursday, the day after I was told my tailgate was open, there was a dude driving around our parking lot looking into vehicles and whatnot at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday. Just looking in there, looking for an unlocked car, and of course it was chased away. We're told about this, and you know we, we work on the um, outer fringe of Fort Wayne. like We're damn near rural, and uh, you got somebody doing this. And yeah, it's it's kind of scary to think in these times, man, uh, that even out in the country, even in broad daylight, even at a 
a, a busy place of business, somebody is just scoping out other people's vehicles as blatantly as that. In fact, here in the subdivision um, that I live in, there's like a community page. They're talking about some random dude going around taking pictures of houses here. I'm sure there's a scam involved in all this, but uh, again, lock your car doors, and if you got a garage, uh, put your car, at least one of your cars in that garage, lock that up. Yeah, so that's just a uh, little friendly advice from me to you and whatnot. All right, finally got to see the Colts in action, mostly uh, this past Saturday. I uh, DVR'd the uh, game that they had against the Bears preseason game, and uh, they benched their their starting quarterback, Mr. Richardson, there. Um, he was named quarterback one for the start of the season, and usually uh, with uh, the first few pre-games, um, preseason games, you have your uh, starters, you know, play a few, um, a, a, a few offensive sets, before benching him, you don't want to risk getting him injured, but you gotta get those reps in. This guy's a, a rookie, and uh, they didn't play him at all. In fact, they didn't even announced that they were benching him. Uh, they just put Gardner Minshew in, and uh, I think uh, Sam Ellinger also finished up that game. Colts ended up winning, but uh, it's it's preseason. Who who cares, right? Uh, some flack was given to them for not starting Anthony Richardson, and uh, deservingly so. Um, so much so that now. Uh, they announced that, yes, he will play the third and final game. <laughs> I think they're playing the Eagles in Philadelphia for the final preseason game coming up this Thursday. Um, but, uh, you know, if you, you sign, if you tell everybody, hey, this is your starting quarterback for the season, he's a rookie, uh, he only played one college season, and uh, he still looks a little shabby, um, just a little bit rough is what I want to say, a little shabby out there. You gotta give him as much practice if, as possible because otherwise you're gonna start thinking crazy conspiracy theories like does this guy have an injury that the Colts are hiding, or is he really hot garbage and they don't want as many people to know about it? It will be determined soon. Okay, uh, clearing up a Barbie joke on, I made on one of the social media pages out there. Uh, yeah, Barbie has done gangbusters. Uh, it's already surpassed $1 billion. It could overtake Super Mario Brothers as the top-grossing movie of 2023. And Super Mario Brothers made quite a bit of bank. And that thing was a phenomenon as well. But uh, it's looking like Margot Robbie could be making uh, some hefty bank because of this. Because uh, she was a producer and the star of the film. She could make $50 million off of this movie. And I uh, I made the comment on one of the pages, yeah, but uh, do her female co-stars co feel like uh, that's fair? Shouldn't they be paid equally? And somebody reminded me, yeah, yeah, dude, you know she's a, the, the producer. I'm like, yeah, no, I totally get that, and I'm fine with her getting the big paycheck. It's just like whenever the uh, the male stars make a lot of movie of uh, money in the movie, and they're the lead, there's always griping about how the female co-star doesn't make as much mo money. Margot Robbie getting a big payday does not bother me because the movie did perform well. Does that mean I'm going to go and see Barbie? No. No, it's not, it's not geared toward me. Um, but don't worry. I'll see plenty of Barbie and Ken costumes uh, for Halloween this year. Uh, believe you me. Uh, by the way, uh, speaking of Barbie, uh, she has finally been defeated by that, um, uh, by that blockbuster bonanza that is Blue Beetle. This past weekend, everybody's talking about how well it did, making 
$25 million opening weekend, which is, uh, I mean, The Flash is considered a bomb, and that movie made $55 million its opening weekend, and everybody's like, oh yeah, Blue Beetle, look look at that, it's doing yeah, half as good. But uh, it edged out Barbie. It old, Barbie made twenty three million dollars this week, and Oppenheimer's uh, third ten million. But here's the here's the sad thing, though. I mean, this movie's going to drop off, and people are going to forget about Blue Beetle. But the thing is, is um, Barbie and Oppenheimer have had kind of a one two punch at the box office uh, for the past month, with the exception of Meg Two temporarily being above Oppenheimer and temporarily because the audience dropped like a rock after that uh, opening weekend. But it's a sad commentary about all the other movies that have come out this summer. And this is a pre-strike. Like all these things were made before the Hollywood strike. And it's just not capturing the imagination of uh, the general movie-going public. And it's, it's, uh, it's kind of sad too because I'm looking at this uh, thing and I'm, I'm shaking my head. There, there was a study that said that 67% of Americans agree or support uh, both the writers and act, uh, actors guilds when it comes to the strike. And I'm having a hard time buying into that. I mean, and I've said this before, uh, the concern over AI, I totally get. But you guys painted yourself into a corner with all the uh, forgettable crap you put out in terms of reboots, remakes and uh political stuff people just uh they don't care for it and that's why i think there's a lot of meh when it comes to this thing i think that these numbers for this the strike uh, support are greatly inflated uh because if that was the case uh, this thing would be resolved quickly and make no mistake, I'm not a big fan of the studio heads either because well they're run by executives and executives a lot of times don't know their asses from their elbows but uh yeah strike's still going on and uh the summer box office is crap all right uh let's see leonard bernstein a new uh biopic that's coming out from netflix i believe uh bradley cooper uh kind of doing a margot robbie here well i, I don't know i i would have to assume he's a producer i know that he's a director of this movie and he's the star he's playing uh leonard bernstein uh famed composer and everything uh, a bit of controversy this past week because I think um, one of the first, they have these things called first looks, like the first look photos of, uh, oh, this is the first look for the new Batman movie. Oh, this is the first look of the new Star Wars movie. You know, just to get people hyped up. And, I, and they do it with all movies. And uh, they had uh, Bradley Cooper dressed up as Leonard Bernstein and he's got a prosthetic nose on uh, because I guess Leonard Bernstein had a big nose in life. He's no longer with us, by the way. And the thing is, is uh, Leonard Bernstein is Jewish, and Bradley Cooper is not. And, of course, this is what's dividing the internet this week, is is this anti-Semitic or not? And some people say that, you know, Bradley Cooper is putting on Jew face here. Uh, and he, he is getting some defense from the uh, uh, Leonard Bernstein family, but I'm thinking that this movie's being made with their blessings, so, I mean, they're not going to care as long as they get some money out of this. I mean, and that's not a Jew joke, by the way. It's just that you know, you get money, anybody, uh, you're going to you're going to keep your mouth shut. Um, here's my take on it. Um, I get that's a kind of a dicey thing. I I think that um, I think that uh, Bradley Cooper could play 
Leonard Bernstein without the nose, personally speaking, uh, because there is always a suspension of belief. You're not always going to look like the person you're playing. And I don't mind him being a non-Jew playing a Jewish person. Uh, Mark Margolis is a was a Jewish actor. He passed away not too long ago, and he played the Latino gangster Hector Salamanca on Breaking Bad. Uh, you look back at The Godfather, you had Alex Rocco, an Italian-American actor, playing a Jewish gam- uh, casino owner, Mo Green. And you had uh, James Caan, uh, who is Jewish, or was Jewish. God, I can't believe he's gone. Uh, playing uh, Sonny Corleone. You didn't think about this crap because you're thinking, okay, if the actor's good, the actor's good. You, you believe the character, whatnot. I mean, okay, the nose looks a little cartoony, but the, the take you should have on this, on any movie, either Bradley Cooper's going to deliver and this movie's good and the performance is good and he'll get rave reviews, or the nose is so distracting and comical that you'll mock this, much like you would mock Al Pacino's fake Cuban accent and Scarface. And don't say you haven't mocked that accent and Scarface. You don't have to cancel every damn thing and be pissed off about it. If something... It's an American right to be offended by crap, okay? Uh, you can say whatever you want, but you can also be offended by whatever you want. That is the American way. And if this movie offends you, the, the way to go after it is with humor, not with hand-wringing. And, and before I get away from this topic, uh, there was a... Uh, a, uh, a Jewish group on online talking about how, like, Jake Gyllenhaal would be perfect to play Leonard Bernstein because Jake Gyllenhaal is a Jewish actor and has, I guess, publicly said in the past that he would not he would love to play Leonard Bernstein. And I'm not knocking Jake Gyllenhaal at all because he's made some stuff that I like. Uh, but I want to point out that the dude was in Brokeback Mountain and Jake Gyllenhaal is straight, okay? And he's playing a gay cowboy in this movie. And, you know, for all the people to talk about um, Bradley Cooper putting on Jew face to play Leonard Bernstein, I mean, wouldn't Jake Gyllenhaal be putting on gay face to play a gay cowboy in, in Brokeback Mountain? I mean, if we're going by the same logic. Because, again, if, if you're constantly going, well, they can't play X because they're Y or Z... You're going to have actors that can only that can only perform through the what I call the Tony Danza method, because Tony Danza never plays anybody who isn't named Tony. He played a guy named Tony in Taxi. He played a guy named Tony in um, uh, Who's the Boss? There's a failed sitcom I think on NBC or CBS or one of those things where Oh hey, I'm Tony. What's going on? I'm Tony. Angela. You know, that's, that's, that's the thing I'm getting at. It's like, you got to... There comes a point where you just have to say, okay, not everything is this face, okay? Not everything is terrible, especially when it comes to performing other as other people. So we'll see how this Leonard Bernstein movie plays out and if Bradley Cooper nails it or, uh, you know, gets uh, a, a Razzie for his work. Okay, uh, okay. And this is this is something I called months ago with the Bud Light um, the Bud Light boycotts the Anheuser Busch boycotts because this weekend all of the news sites uh, and I, I don't watch cable news I can't tell you what cable news has been telling you mm. but I've been looking at social media and the big deal is at, at a recent event Q 
Kid Rock, Mr. Bob Ritchie, has uh, been spotted at this event holding a Bud Light can. As you recall, uh, months ago, uh, when this whole thing started with Dylan Mulvaney and Anheuser-Busch losing a butt-ton of money, Kid Rock put out that video of him saying F Bud Light or whatever and shooting it up with, you know, guns. And, of course, that's supposed to play up, you know, Red America, you know, people who love guns and love beer and, you know, not big fans of Dylan Mulvaney and whatnot. I said then when I saw the video, he's doing this wrong. Uh, as I mentioned with the Leonard Bernstein nose thing, if something offends you, mock it. Mock it because otherwise you're going to look like uh, the grumpy old man on the lawn. And I said he should have done something to play up uh, his his uh, specialty craft beer. Because I guess Kid Rock has a, a special microbrew or something on his website. I don't know. He did that. He played it up. Oh, he's got that image, man. He's hardcore. He you know, he loves America and all that stuff. And then it turns out, okay, he's just like any other celebrity. He's a hypocrite. Yeah. I, like I said, he should have been mocking this from the word go. But I want to comment about the media's reaction to this because they're almost making him look like the ringleader in all this. This boycott uh, of uh, Bud Light would have happened with or without Kid Rock because this thing blew up on Twitter. He didn't react to it until I think about a week week after the event just to get it, just to get attention, right? This thing was going to happen regardless. And for like the last several months, Bud Light has lost market share. It has lost anywhere, from, uh, numbers have said anywhere from like 25 to 30% of its sales compared to last year. You know, people have been laid off because of this piss poor marketing decision on the, the part of Anheuser-Busch. Uh, Anheuser-Busch has had to sell off six or seven microbrews to a, a cannabis company up in Canada, which has nothing to do with this, coincidentally. Uh, this was a big shock to Anheuser-Busch because they didn't pay attention to their P1s. Again, something I've been hammering at. Pay attention to your primary audience because when you alienate them, you're not going to make that money back. And lo and behold, the uh, the progressive white claw, claw drinker that they're going after didn't jump ship. Dylan Mulvaney didn't move anyone toward Bud Light, but they, he or she or whatever, they moved everybody away from Bud Light, okay? Kid Rock is a drop in the bucket here. He has nothing to do with anything. This was uh, something that happened because people looked at it and said, no, we're tired of you telling us what to accept and what not to accept. They chose not to accept Bud Light, and that's how the marketplace works. Kid Rock, on the other hand, eh. Yeah, I just, I just find it odd that somebody that has as much money as he does is drinking Bud Light. But then again, uh, does he really even care? I've been asking the same question of uh, Elon Musk last couple of days because apparently, you know, we, when he first bought Twitter, I just said to myself, he can do no worse than the people that were running Twitter. Oh, one guy's going to have access to your personal data. Well, you had a boardroom of people with access to your personal data and damned if they didn't take that stuff to their companies because they don't just sit on one board, mind you. That's not, they used it for their own ends. You had multiple people looking at it. So that really didn't bother me as much. Okay. But Elon 
is really disappointing in some of his decisions. Like, you know, his uh, decision to uh, make somebody from, I think, Comcast the CEO of the company. You know, uh, somebody, some of the other things he's been doing. Um, The block button issue, though, especially has really irked me because he's announced that he's getting away, he's going to get rid of the block function with Twitter except for direct messaging. So if somebody direct message you, message, messages you a threat, you can do that, block them. But if they do it publicly, uh, I'm not even sure what his moderators are going to do. But, uh, yeah, it's, does he realize how psychotic the Internet is? Apparently not, or maybe so, because James Woods, Hollywood actor, uh, also a very conservative guy, he chimed in and talked about what a mistake this was, and he took Elon Musk to task on this. Elon Musk said, delete your account if this is a problem. And James Woods pointed out, hey, look, uh, when people are harassing you and you don't want to put up with them, you should have the right to block. Elon Musk has since blocked James Woods from seeing his own Twitter account. And Elon is on Twitter bragging that he's blocking people and saying, oh, that's a, that's a delicious irony or something. No, it's not. It's you being a hypocrite and proving the point of anybody that wants the block button. If Elon Musk wants to bu- uh, block James Woods, that's fine. But he, James Woods should have the same option to block people as anybody else. Any conservative, any liberal, anybody on Twitter, X or whatever the F you're calling it, Elon, uh, should have that ability to block somebody and to keep certain tweets hidden from them. Uh, Negative response, and one of the reasons that Elon is saying this is like, well, negative responses will help, uh, you know, uh, keep bad tweets in line. You mean like groupthink? You mean like what the moderators were doing to begin with? Um, you know, th- this this is just insane. And I think Elon Musk, uh, a guy uh, who champions free speech, doesn't really get it. Again, you have the right to be offended by something. And if somebody's offending you or somebody's giving you shit, yeah, you should be able to block them from seeing your tweets. Or your exes, or whatever. I think that uh, if Elon Musk holds true on what he's threatening on Twitter, he that will lead to the decline of that social media platform. Not uh, Zuckerberg and Threads, because no one gives a shit about that. Uh, not Donald Trump and uh, Truth, or whatever. Not uh, whatever liberal journalists are using in Ger- Germany. It will be this self-inflicted. Hey, you say something that somebody doesn't like, they're going to harass you, and uh, that's that's how you do it. Yeah, it's just, it's uh, mind-boggling, his thinking on this. All right, uh, yeah, I've, I've been giving the bigger cities crap lately, but I do want to talk about the Midwest here. I live in the Hoosier State, Indiana, and I got this, uh, if it's not linked up already, uh, this this list, I forget what the group is, but there's like the most dangerous cities in America, and, uh, you know, they dot, you know, blue states, red states, and whatever. And uh, three of the cities that are on this list are in the Hoosier State, and uh, not one of them is Indianapolis. Uh, I will say, one one of the cities that uh, is on here, Danville, Illinois, my family and I, we drove through there 
uh, on our way back from a, a vacation earlier this year. And no, we did not stop off in Danville, Illinois, because it looks like it's seen better days. Uh, but three cities here in Indiana that are dangerous uh, are Terre Haute, which is actually not too far from Danville, South Bend and Elkhart, uh, which is just up the road here by about an hour and a half each town. Uh, and they're basing this off of violent crimes. And like it, it ranges from anywhere from like uh, 1 in 60 people to 1 in 80 people have a chance of falling victim to a violent crime in these towns. And we're talking, yeah, it's crazy. We're talking about, uh, you know, murder, um, theft, rape, muggings, and whatnot. And no one considers Terre Haute or Elkhart to be major metropolises. I mean, South Bend's the home of Notre Dame. Uh, but even that town is worn out just as tad. And uh, it's kind of sad. But, I mean, like, when there is no business in a city, when, when um, businesses up and leave and a lot of these places used to be industrial cities you know it uh, leaves behind quite a few people that don't know what to do with themselves so we're putting up with that and if that wasn't enough uh the city of hammond which is just outside of chicago oddly enough uh their town council has put in an ordinance to close city gas stations within hammond limits um from midnight to 5 a.m i believe I got this linked up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page because there have been uh, robberies at gas stations in town limits uh, and they're thinking that this is going to curb crime. I don't think it will at all. It's either going to do one of two things. It's going to do two things, actually. Uh, thieves that can't make good on crime in Hammond at those times are going to go into other towns and you know rob other gas stations or they're going to wait until uh, you know business is open. And you might see some of these robberies in broad daylight. This does nothing to curb violence in those towns. Uh, all it's doing is basically punishing law-abiding citizens in that town, Hammond, Indiana. And uh, we'll see what happens with that. Okay, a couple more things here before I call it a, a podcast. Uh, this is uh, Pay It Forward gone wrong and for those who don't know what the uh, concept is it's a drive-through concept but it's supposed to you know, spread goodwill and make people feel good about themselves and you keep the chain going uh but when you pick up your order or you're at the uh, window where you make the payment you pay for your order and then you go, oh, i'd like to pay for the person behind me too oh okay we'll we'll pay for that order and then uh you the person that comes up to pick up their order oh your your order's been paid Oh, okay, well, I guess I could pay for the other person's order. And ideally, ideally, this sounds like a nice thing to do. Ideally. But this is where, again, pay it forward goes wrong. Because this woman um, on social media, she's a social influencer, which means, you know, it's, it's not a real job. But uh, she was talking about how that concept was going on in a drive-thru. And she was... Uh, in, in, Again, she's behind this woman who becomes a threat to her. So she's at the the order, at the uh, the drive through order box, about ready to make her order. And she makes her order. And as soon as she does that, the woman in front of her at the window stops, gets out of her car, comes up to her, and starts berating her. 
yelling at her. How could you? You're taking advantage of my generosity. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? She goes, I'm trying to pay it forward. I was trying to buy your food and you ordered so much. I can't believe it. Well, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I would be angry too if somebody told me the bill was $60. So if uh, this woman asked to pay for the woman behind her's order and it turns out to be $60, I want to tell this woman, you don't have to pay for her order. It's not a legally binding contract. It's just something nice to do. Um, and that's why you shouldn't pay it forward. And, but, you know, this woman at the drive-thru speaker does not know that the woman in front of her is trying to pay for her freaking meal. She's just ordering. She's just ordering. And if she she's ordering $60 worth of Taco Bell, chances are she's not eating it all herself. She's making an office run, you know, for uh, for the few people that hang out with her as she talks about, you know, the latest fashion. I don't know what social influencers do. But, I mean, it's not a legally binding contract. You can refuse to pay for that meal. You don't have to go psychotic on this shit. It's, it's amazing to me. Uh, this will make me psychotic as I wrap it up. Um, I found this on the Babylon Bee. And for those who think uh, that ha Halloween decorations being out in the middle of August is a little early, I do as well, even though my daughters both have their Halloween costumes already and are both wearing the crap out of them. I might talk about that next episode. Uh, Christmas decorations. Christmas decor is out in some stores. Costco is selling Christmas stuff now. And uh, we just started the first weekend of high school football here in the Hoosier State. We're still in the midst of preseason football with the NFL. We're still in the midst of Deion Sanders saying he's the greatest college football coach of all time. And Costco <laughs> is selling Christmas decorations. Holy crap. Well, that all said and done. Uh, until next time. Stay fresh. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at davidsonlives.